Locked on Cubs is back in action, but unfortunately, Major League Baseball might not be for long anyway. Plus, Sammy Sosa to Cooperstown in 2022? and eh, doesn't look good. We talk Cubs, much, much more. Baseball coming up. It's Locked on Sports, back in action with yours truly, Andrew Bellison. Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning. Happy Wednesday to you. It's December 1st. The calendar has turned again. Month 12 of 12. Can't believe that it's Christmas season already. Great to have you in with us today. I'm Andrew Bellison. As Harry would say, hello again, everybody. Or maybe the great Pat Hughes, Chicago Cubs baseball is on the air. Thanks for being with us. It's really great to have Locked On Sports, a part of this Locked On Cubs back in action. Want to take a moment real quick to thank you for making Lockdown Cubs your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms, so please find us wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Quickly, before we jump in, I, I just want to say thank you to Lockdown Sports for bringing me aboard, such a great organization, and it's great to be back with you. Talking Cubs baseball, talking NL Central, talking Major League Baseball, I want you to interact with us. I mean, that's what makes this fun for me uh, as the host of, of Locked On Cubs and the Locked On Cubs podcast. Our Twitter handle is Locked On Cubs. My personal handle, at Chicago Cubs PA. I am no longer the Wrigley Field PA announcer, and I catch a lot of flack for keeping that Twitter handle, but I like it, so it stays. Catch us on YouTube, and again, download the cast wherever you find your favorite podcast. Again, please interact with us socially. It's what makes this show fun. It's fun for me to have the opportunity to interact with you. Talk a lot about the impending lockout today. I want to talk about the Hall of Fame potentials for 2022, both big news in Major League Baseball. But first and foremost, I just I want to talk about me, and I don't like doing this. It's not my favorite thing to do. I never enjoyed talking about myself. But as the new host of Lockdown Cubs, I felt that maybe it was appropriate to do today. If you don't know me, I don't blame you one bit, but my name's Andrew Bellison. For 10 years, I was the voice of Wrigley Field. I was the public address announcer at Wrigley Field for the greatest club in the National League. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon and welcome to baseball at beautiful Wrigley Field. That was me for over 800 games. Cubs gave me an opportunity, a Chicago kid who grew up in the suburbs, to literally have a dream job. It was a lifelong dream of mine. And for 10 incredible seasons, I got to be perched atop Wrigley Field and be the voice of the most iconic ballpark in all of baseball, really. Um, I was always into sports broadcasting. As a kid, I wanted to be an announcer. I wanted to be a broadcaster. I used to sit in my living room as a young kid and announce Cubs games as Harry Carey. 
announce Cubs games as myself. It was my favorite thing to do back in those days. They played 120 games most of the time on weekends and days off from school. It's just sit and broadcast the game. Uh, I got hired by the Cubs in 2011, kind of the dark years for the team, but timing was everything for me. Um, man, what a, what a lucky run to have 2015 and 16 and 17 and how quickly things turned around. And we all know um, as Cubs fans that we finally got that, that world championship that we all waited for. I'll try to answer a lot of your questions as we go through this, just you know, bring in my perspective of, of being around the team for that long. To answer your question, I did get a World Series ring. To answer your question, do I think I deserve it? No. Um, but it's a fun piece of memorabilia that I have, and I love to share it with people when I when I do bring it out. I had a very brief Division Three baseball career at Concordia University in Chicago. I played for about a week and a half. It was the greatest run in school history. Um, I, I quit in college and stayed at the school to focus on sports broadcasting, which was really always my true love. I did a lot of work in the minor leagues. I did public address work in the minor leagues. I did broadcast work in the minor leagues. I still do play-by-play -play work for some local minor league teams, um, local universities and colleges as well. And that's, you know, that's the route that, I, that I'd like to pursue. Got a lot of funny looks when I stepped away from... Wrigley Field as the PA announcer. People looked at me and said, how the heck would you leave a job like that and why? And it's a good question. I mean, it's a fair point. And I'll be brutally honest with you. For me, I needed a change. I needed something different. I wanted a new challenge. Um, being in that role for so long was phenomenal, but it didn't provide a challenge. The day-to-day -day was much the same. You weren't allowed to have too much um, creative input because things didn't change. You read scripts, you introduced players, et cetera, et cetera. I'm a baseball guy. I'm a broadcaster by heart. I like to analyze the game. I like to dig deep. I like to try to talk about some of the things that are pertinent about the game of baseball because I played for a long time, not at the highest level by any means, but that's what's inside me. So after 10 years and, and almost 800 games, PA just got to be a little monotonous for me, and I wanted to change. And it was just the right, right thing to do. So I decided to transition back into broadcasting and hopefully make a go of it before I get too many more gray hairs up on top because uh, it's really what has always been my true love. I want to tell you about where I want to take this podcast, and I want your input. This is a, this is a two-way street. We're doing this together because I'll be honest with you, I've never been a podcast guy. Don't tell Locked on that. I never listened to many. I never really found many that I enjoyed. I have a short attention span. So I, I like to keep things as brief as possible to keep it interesting if possible. I want to talk about a range of different topics, discussions, news, notes, nuggets, anything Cubs, anything Major League Baseball, anything NL Central. This is Locked on Cubs. We're going to have interviews with former Cubs, media members, broadcasters, players, hopefully, front office members. This is your source for Cubs behind the scenes. I want to make it a goal of mine to tell you something you otherwise can't know. That's my goal. That's my duty to you, to make this show, this podcast interesting and better than any other you might turn into, tune into. I want you to turn on Lockdown Cubs and say, hey, this is something that I can't miss because yesterday Andrew talked about whatever, whatever. 
and I want you to go to work, or I want you to go to your dad, or I want you to go to your friend and say, did you hear what they talked about on Lockdown Cubs today? I never thought of it like that. My counterpart, uh, Jeff Carr, who does Lockdown Reds and does such a great job, when we were meeting before starting this podcast again, mentioned a great philosophy. He said, there's so much information that's available now to baseball fans across the country. So I want to be able to take it in and spit it back out to you in an understandable way with a fun twist. I'll try to decipher everything going on and give you the facts in a, in a clean cut, understandable way. Want to make it fun in the process. And that's where you come in. Like I said, let's engage with each other. It's better that way. With that said, I want to talk today a lot about the impending lockout. It stinks, man. Baseball has been gone for what? A month or so since the World Series ended. And now we're at a crossroads and it doesn't look good. 11.59 p.m. Eastern time tonight is the deadline for the new CBA between the Players Union and the league. Probably going to end in a lockout imposed by the owners. We're going to dig into that. Plus, Sammy Sosa, Hall of Fame, Cooperstown, 2022. Eh, maybe, maybe not, but it doesn't look good. We're going to talk Hall of Fame class 2022 later on today as well. Before we get into that, I want to talk about Built Bar. Have you tried this? I'm a stickler about diet. And it's something to me that is super important. I monitor everything that goes in my body. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. It's Built Bar filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs and fat. But high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. And if you're like me, someone who likes to indulge but doesn't let themselves often, Built Bar is the perfect combo. So many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie? Built Bar gives you the extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers this crazy Christmas season. Or if you're just standing in the endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or your purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Because it's the season of peace and love. Don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavor at family parties. People are so passionate about their favorite flavor, they'll fight for it. Want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Don't tell anyone I told you that. Go to built.com today. Use promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your order. Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your order. Coming up shortly, let's dig into the impending lockout. Don't want to talk about it, but it's on the horizon. Back on Lockdown Cubs, I'm Andrew Bellison at Chicago Cubs PA. Visit us on Twitter as well, at Locked On Cubs. So great to have you with us here this Wednesday morning. I just want to thank Lockdown Sports again for bringing me aboard and letting me bring this great podcast, Lockdown Cubs, back to the best fan base in all of baseball, the fans of the Northsiders. Well, here we are. It's Wednesday, December 1st, and unfortunately, 
it looks like baseball may come to a screeching halt here uh, coming up shortly. The business end of baseball can be so confusing. And, you know, baseball now is such a big business. I think a lot of people don't want to realize that or are jaded by that because they don't like the money and the politics that go into it. But it's such a big part of the game today. And I want to discuss how the game's going to be impacted and break it down as simply as I possibly can by this impending lockout. And it's something that, you know, as a fan, it stinks. It's not what we want to see, especially after such a great 2021 season and a bounce back 2020 season, albeit a shorty, um, due to COVID. More or less, I was rifling through a bunch of different papers and whatnot all week long, and I, I found a great article that was written by Tim Tucker of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I think he did a wonderful job breaking down uh, kind of the who, what, why, and where um, of this potential lockout. And so with that, I wanted to dig into some of the points he brought up and kind of use his format as we maybe go through how this could end up unfolding. The, the expiration, more or less, of the current CBA or the collective bargaining agreement does not automatically trigger a lockout or a strike. A uh, strike being, you know, like in 1994 when the season was cut short due to the players striking. This doesn't necessarily mean that. The owners essentially are represented by the commissioner's office. They could let free agency and other off-season business proceed as usual while continuing to negotiate with the union, which is led by executive director Tony Clark. But the main argument for a lockout sooner, meaning now, rather than later, is what happened in 1994. So again, some four and a half months into that season, uh, early mid-August to be exact, if I remember correctly, players commenced what turned out to be a season-ending strike. Uh, a lockout this offseason, uh, albeit, you know, might not sound like it, is essentially a preemptive tactic. It, it basically intends to lessen the likelihood of having lost games next year by trying to conduct your business four months before. So while it doesn't seem super proactive, in essence, it's really the more proactive way to go about things, if that makes any sense. Major League Baseball has a brief history of work stoppages. There have been eight of them in total, all of them ranging from 1972 to 1995. Um, five strikes, three lockouts in total. Strikes are initiated by the players' union. Lockouts are imposed by the owners. That's the biggest difference. So this lockout that looms this evening and looks inevitable is imposed by the owners, but the result is largely the same. It's a shutdown of the sport on and off the field. You might be wondering what the longest work stoppage in Major League Baseball history was. It was the 232-day strike that we mentioned beginning in August of 94 and spilling all the way over into the calendar year of 1995. And obviously we know that crushed baseball. In terms of that happening again, well, obviously we hope that's not the case. The issue here is hashing these things out. And we're going to talk about that here in a second. Some of the big issues that are on the board, hashing those out now as to avoid any hassle 
on the back end. Uh, the specific issues over time uh, of these eight work stoppages in baseball history have varied, but always has boiled down to money. And, and obviously that's what I said, the, the business of baseball has become such a big business. That first strike was in 1972. It was about pension benefits for the players. Subsequent strikes and lockouts centered around fights over salary arbitration. Uh, there was issues with eligibility and compensation for teams losing free agents as the free agent market evolved in the game. So, you know, baseball has enjoyed 26 years of, of labor peace since resuming in 95, um, reaching agreement on four different CBAs during that stretch without strikes or lockouts. Um, but, but progress on a deal this year has been much, much slower. Uh, there are several difficult issues this time. Things in baseball were thriving uh, before COVID-19 and, and really bounced back impressively, like I said, this year in 2021 after heavy losses in 2020 due to the COVID-19 issue and losing so many baseball games. The union essentially wants to change a core part of baseball's economic system. Many players are severely underpaid early in their careers before they strike it rich in a later deal, many cases after becoming eligible for arbitration and then free agency. Uh, think the Chris Bryant service time dilemma a few years back when the Cubs held him down in AAA for a couple weeks before bringing him up. So they'd have an extra year on the back end of that cheaper, we'll call it, contract. Um, for decades by design, the system has essentially suppressed the value of these younger players while rewarding more experienced players, allowing them to cash in on larger contracts after their rookie deals are up. This is one of the things that needs to be hashed out between owners and players and possibly changing this system. Tanking and service time manipulation uh, are big issues uh, and part of this CBA that, that need to be addressed. Players are seeking a softening of economic rules designed to restrain spending, such as the loss of draft picks by teams that sign certain free agents and the luxury tax imposed on teams with, play, or with payrolls above a certain level. All of those issues will be addressed. So the numbers side of all of this game. Um, one of the other main issues is the designated hitter. It's been talked about for a couple of years. It's coming to the National League. Love it or hate it, it's coming. Um, you know, for fans who don't want to hear about that, you know, it's, it's probably inevitable. Um, there seems at this point to be very little remaining resistance to the idea among players. And I think that's something that owners or even traditionalist managers, and with a few notable exceptions, um, pitchers, they're, they're not gonna you know, bemoan the loss of at-bats. But because adding the DH in the National League would increase the market value of some poor fielding hitters, the owners will essentially try to extract an economic trade-off from the union elsewhere in the deal. So it'll be used as a bargaining ploy, but don't, don't think that the DH won't be discussed for the National League. The final thing that probably is going to be a big part of this CBA is the expansion of the playoffs. Listen, more baseball equals more money in the owner's pockets, more money for the players, more money for the game. And they, they relish the prospect of bringing in additional TV revenue uh, by adding more teams and more games to the postseason. So in 2021, let's look at the playoff format. It was 10 teams, five in each league made the playoffs. That could potentially, depending on how things are hashed out here, increase to 12 or 14 teams in the ensuing years as part of the new labor deal. 
Now, you've got 30 ball clubs around around Major League Baseball, and when you've got half of them or so making the playoffs, it seems a little watered down. But that's the route they want to go. Um, the players seem to be less enamored so far with expanding the playoffs, but more games would result in larger postseason payouts for them, depending on advancement by each team, something that obviously has to be taken into consideration. So lots and lots of, of stuff that kind of goes into this discussion of a new CBA, what's going to get done, what's not going to get done, and really the main issues that go into it. So in, in short, by locking things out now in December, rather than waiting till January, February, March, and delaying the process of getting something done, we essentially have a better chance of having baseball come February and March in spring training in Florida and in Arizona and starting the regular season 2022 on time. So it seems counterproductive a little bit, I understand, but at the same time, it really is a positive to do this all right now. So we'll see how things play out. Coming up shortly, I want to talk Sammy Sosa. We can't have our first Lockdown Cubs podcast without talking about one of the greatest players to ever wear a Cubs uniform. Love him or hate him, you can't argue with the numbers. Before we get to that, I want to talk about Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered with more props, better odds, and more lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50%, that's right, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code. It's locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, locked on to receive your 50% deposit bonus. From basketball to football to NHL to boxing to UFC, right at your Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available inside Bet Online for the 2021 season. Bet Online's the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome back to Locked On Cubs. I'm Andrew Bellison, Locked On Cubs on Twitter at Chicago Cubs PA as well. Again, finally, for the last time, we'd like to thank you for making us your first listen today and every day. Download us wherever you find your favorite podcast. Couple of pieces of breaking news here. This is gonna be a little news and nuggets segment. I like the third segment. It lets us talk about some, some random hodgepodge items and whatnot. Um, First and foremost, Cubs make a move. They, they've been slow. I mean, obviously, these teams aren't willing to spend a ton of money. Some teams aren't willing to spend a ton of money before a looming lockout. Others have already made some splashes. But Jan Gomes is the newest Cub, the backstop uh, catcher. He has, uh, he's been a major league vet, man. He has been around the block. Defensive run saved is 11th among catchers since 2012. Been a solid backstop behind the plate. He can hit the ball a little bit too. 103 games split between the Nationals and A's last year. He clubbed 14 long balls, knocked in 52. Similar to how he's fared offensively over the past several seasons. Uh, his average slash line, 252, 311, and a 426. So that stretch included his lone all-star selection 
um, with Cleveland in 2018. That reminds me, I want to talk about Wilson Contreras a lot on tomorrow's show. Get him locked up. He's the cornerstone of this ball club. Keep him behind the plate. We need to talk about Wilson tomorrow. We're also going to talk about Javier Baez tomorrow. Javi, obviously, departed the National, or the, the Cubs uh, Cub squad stayed the National League last year at the deadline with New York. Now he's off to the American League, signing a fairly lucrative deal with the Detroit Tigers. So we'll talk Javi. We'll talk Jan Gomes. We will talk Wilson Contreras tomorrow. Before we wrap today, though, I want to talk a little bit about the 2022 Cooperstown ballot. Hall of Fame's always polarizing, especially with this era of players that are potentially going in now with the steroid use and the alleged uh, you know, issues with, with all of that from my era as a kid, basically growing up rooting for those guys. Uh, results of, of the Hall of Fame ballots from the writers' votes will be announced on January 25th, so a month, month and a half, little almost two months um, from now with the 2022 ceremony being in Cooperstown on the 24th of July. A lot of new players on the ballot. Big Poppy, Ryan Howard, Tim Lincecum, A-Rod. He'll turn a few heads, I'm sure. But a final time on the ballot for some of the, the favorites that I had as a kid from my era. Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, Kurt Schilling, other finals, Justin Morneau, Jimmy Rollins, Jake Peavy, Prince Fielder, Joe Nathan, probably not Hall of Famers. Barry and Clemens last year, 62% of the 75% needed for election. Sammy Sosa, the most notable name, as the last time on the ballot. 17% of the vote he received last year. That's it, 17% compared to 62% from Bonds. No love for Sammy, and he's not going to get any love this year either. He will not be elected to Cooperstown in 2022 as his name appears on the ballot for the final time. He actually dipped to 6 or 7% back in 15 and made a little comeback, but still probably not going to be enough. It's just hard to argue with the numbers. From 98 to 01, regardless of any enhancements, I don't want to talk about that. Just look at the numbers. He averaged 61 home runs at 149 ribbies averaged. It's insane. 310 average, OPS over 1,000. He was a seven-time All-Star. He won six NL Silver Slugger Awards. He was the Cubs when I was a kid. So do I have a soft spot in my heart for him? Yeah, I do. Regardless of your stance on Sammy Sosa, let me say this. He needs to be back at Wrigley Field. Cooperstown, well, that is what it is. He doesn't owe anyone an apology. There are millions of Cubs fans that would like to see him on the mound at Wrigley Field throwing a first pitch. The place would be electric. Sammy saved baseball. I understand the handling of some of the issues that are uh, up for debate weren't the best. But in terms of watching him play ball on the field, he was as electric as it got. And as a kid growing up in that era, yeah, I'm partial to it. Sammy was Sammy. And it would be great to see him back at Wrigley Field. Cooperstown, and that's another story. Probably not going to happen. But bring Sammy back. I think there's a lot of people that might agree with that. Some that don't like that, but I think there's a lot of people that might agree with that. I want to take this time to thank you for joining me on this first edition of Lockdown Cubs. I, I hope it's what you expected. I'm, I'm learning with you. I've never hosted a podcast, and I'm having fun. I want to talk a lot about Wilson Contreras tomorrow, locking him up. He's a cornerstone. Cubs need him. They brought in Jan Gomes yesterday. 
He would be a great backup and mentor to Wilson Contreras. Jan Gomes, veteran backstop catcher. Also want to talk about the departure of Javi Baez from the Mets to the Tigers. That doesn't, it's not necessarily Cubs news, but he was a big cornerstone of this franchise. We're also going to delve deeper into the lockout. We'll track that for you as things go along. Again, the impending lockout, CBA expires this evening, 11.59 p.m. Eastern. All of that and more tomorrow on Locked on Cubs. I want to thank you for joining me again today. Now make your second listen of the day, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms, as is this show, Locked On Cubs. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow.